dear listeners out there, welcome back to our quality podcast in Mindsight. How have you been this week, Yassin? Pretty good. As always, this week has been pretty normal, I would say. Nothing special. I programmed a lot. I learned. I told you I, I learned about APIs and stuff. And, you know, Node.js, Express.js, just some frameworks and stuff. And you told me that APIs are quite bothering. Yeah, for, I, I, I guess so. I guess my problem was I didn't really know where to start. So I just, you know, searched YouTube, As read articles. Yeah. And, but now I think I have a, a certain structure and it makes sense now. <laughs> I'm happy that I finally understood it and can actually use them. Other than that, really nothing special. A normal week in my normal life. Yes. What about you? Yeah, for me, stress levels are kind of ramping up. We're getting close to the exam phase of oh, the semester. And on Monday, I will have like a test exam, which will kind of be graded in the sense of that you can get a great bonus if you pass. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> therefore, stress levels are kind of ramping up there. But um, other than that, no, it's been uh, yeah quite normal week for me too. I I finished like a nice new book but, or like a, a nice book I read by um, Daniel Carnegie or whatever, <laughs> however you pronounce that in English. Yeah. Um, it's it was like about um, speaking publicly and how to do that effectively Ooh. kind of you kind of have to think of ted talks there nice. the book was kind of written in that sense um, how was it only called? like over 70 years ago i think but what what's um, oh damn <laughs> I, I i don't have the name at hand right now how i think it how it's called how to speak effectively or something ah uh, right yeah i i think i've i've heard of that nice well i'm a yeah I, I i really liked it it's very insightful on also on how to give like impromptu talks when somebody asks you something some some random question and you have to give like uh, i don't know a short one to two minute talk about it nice then yeah <laughs> you can kind of apply that in your um, personal life as well all the tips he gave all also in the podcast here let's see whether yeah. <laughs> our, our conversations improve like that yeah. sounds great but yeah I, I kind of still have to revise it and put it on my window <laughs> as usual <laughs> nice sounds great yeah yes yeah well do you want to tell the listeners of this week like what what the topic of uh this week will be of course so this week we decided to talk about kind of the education system, especially now with Corona, you know, everything is online and, you know, there isn't much uh, direct contact with the teacher. So we want to talk about that, about, you know, kind of the future of homeschooling, of online learning and yeah, how, how basically the education system will probably change over the next few decades and also because you know we're going to talk about the educational system we also want to talk about kind of what we like what we don't like you know 
the problems we see and possible solutions to to fix them i think there are quite a lot yes and yeah there are quite a lot of points and as the listeners probably know i'm studying uh, physics and philosophy currently and the university system is also kind of different from the school system and yeah there are many ways both of them can also profit of the covid situation kind of in the long term if people make adequate changes yeah <laughs> like responsible people so i i think or oh, let's start let's start this way i i would be interested let's start negatively let's start. <laughs> yeah no I, i would know you know if you could change just one thing right now like um you know you're just a, you're a dictator and you can change one thing in the education <laughs> system right now what would you change Oh, that that's a very, very good question. Let's see whether my knowledge from the book comes in here. <laughs> But um, I don't know. Like for me, uh, studying at the moment is quite, let's say, let's say hard. You have to do it like uh, in solicity more or less <laughs> because of the COVID situation. So if, if I was able to change something, then I'd really like... Um, to go back to university and also meet up with people but that's of course out of my yeah. uh, possibility to kind of ban the virus which <laughs> <laughs> which like um, denying that it exists also doesn't help the situation yeah of course <laughs> but um yes i think that's probably not what you what you were after um i, I don't know i mean the current situation is kind of special because of covid but if you if your question was like centered on how the educational system after covid should change yes then i think my my answer would be that um we should keep this this kind of hybrid learning strategy thing we are applying right now that you can kind of so, so like in <laughs> sorry like the usual no the worries. usual learning business was okay you go to school or you go to your lecture and you have to be there at a specific time uh, in your day and you can't kind of individualize it and in the hybrid learning situation uh, for me it's quite useful that i can basically listen to the lectures whenever i want i can finish them on all of them on monday and have like more free time during the end of the week or i can take a uh, when whenever i need i can go to the doctor or i can take off uh, an afternoon if i don't feel like it and i think this hybrid learning thing where teachers produce like or like the uh, professors produce um, online learning videos instead of uh, lectures where you like which you have to attend if you want to learn something <laughs> I, yeah. i think that's something we should keep and we should also combine it like or like we should we can keep this aspect at home so you can learn at home like this and rather than learning at new university that much we can focus like our time where we where we are there in presence on socializing with the other people there on kind of getting projects done together in that sense yeah. that's kind of what i'd change or what i'd like take out of the corona out of the covid situation yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, you you mentioned you mentioned this point of uh which I also stumbled across, you know, I was researching a bit, you know, what different people from different industries kind of say about the education system in general. Um especially about universities. And I think it was an entrepreneur who said, you know, universities are great, like are amazing for networking, you know, for getting to know people and for kind of the social aspect. But I think at least one problem I I see a lot with universities is this claim that university is preparing you for life, which in my opinion you know, sure, there are certain aspects and it's important to get an education and it's great that we have the possibility. But this claim of university is preparing you for life really doesn't sit right with me. But what do you think? Is university really pre preparing you <laughs> for life? Um, I... Uh... It's it's difficult to say. It kind of depends on what life you want to choose. If you choose the life of a researcher in, in physics or chemistry, uh, then it's definitely preparing you for sure. life because it's... A, you are unable to get hold of any position without a degree. Yeah. <laughs> um, like you also like your... Um, what, what's it called? Like when doctor's degree, is it, is it called? Like PhD. That? Yeah, PhD, yes, exactly. Uh, your, a PhD like enables you to do research on your own, basically. And without that, you... Well, it gets difficult. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So if, if you choose like that sector of working, then I, I definitely agree that it, apply, that it helps, you, helps you out a lot. Because also, if you want to study all, those, all of those topics, all of the maths on your own, you're... you're <laughs> You, you'll never manage that yeah <laughs> unless true. you're like uh, i don't know some kind of learning monster but <laughs> it, at least in my experience it's so much easier if somebody who knows the topic already explains it to you that's like the um, benefit of having teachers of having professors Definitely. if they um teach you that adequately um usually i if you don't don't stay in the university system, let's say, I, I think that you rather learn the you, you definitely learn the basics which are necessary for your future job as an architect or uh, whatever you plan on doing. Um, but it's not so much about the formulas and all of the basic knowledge you get there. It's more about the ability to think logically yeah. and um, solve problems that you acquire there i guess and also like that you get a basic idea of what um yeah kind of what aspects around your topic if you have to do i don't know uh, some strange calculation you <laughs> have a basic idea of where you could look that up yeah <laughs> it's basically basically teaching you um how to look up information <laughs> yeah how to google in an adequate sense yeah for sure but in general preparing you for life um that's probably not true but I also don't think that it's the responsibility of universities to prepare you or of schools. Okay, okay but with schools it's debatable. But uh, for universities, I don't think that it's uh, their, purpose, their purpose to prepare you for uh, life. Sure. No, I, well, I, 
I agree. But I think that's uh, what I mentioned before. It's kind of problematic that universities generally, um, you know, impl- most of the time implicitly claim that they are preparing you for life, which I think is mm. is somewhat dangerous. I think once universities claim that they educate you for life and that they prepare you for, you know, for the real world and um, for the practical stuff you have to do and all you learn in university is just theory and theory and theory and just random formulas, which, as you said, of course, yes. are important for for the basic understanding and are important for you to kind of know how to navigate in the industry. But at the same time, you know, I've spoken to many people who have already studied and, you know, have PhDs and all that. And I asked them, you know, <laughs> in your day to day, you know, most of them don't work in kind of this academic university um, domain. They, you know, just have a quote unquote normal job. And I asked them, you know, how yes. how much would you say um, did you really need in real life from the stuff you learned in university? And most of them were like maybe five to ten percent, like really the basics of the basics mm-hmm. and the basic understanding of the industry I want to go into. But all the other stuff I had to learn by myself, basically from zero. Once I started actually working, so I think. Um, but we we can talk about that a little bit later because that's also a kind of um, critical point when it comes to education in general that i think it should be way more practical and way more focused on what's actually needed on the job market and you know not based on some book written by someone who lived 50 years ago which may be great and may be important to have this information (laughs) but when it comes to being successful in the job market and being successful actually working in the domain you want to work in it's way more important to have practical experience than to learn theory at least that's my stance. I I I don't necessarily agree because what uh, what your degree or what you're choosing to study is um, useful for basically is that you get a general education in your whole field, so you can go everywhere you want. And the specialization you choose that that's where the real learning part actually like or the real learning part for your job actually begins. And those skills or whatever you need with people and your social skills though i think in the higher education uh, area i think you're responsible to uh, to do to learn those skills on your own to do internships to gather all that knowledge yes that makes it harder if it's not taught at uh, university but if you're studying um you kind of are smarter than the average, let's say, without judging, of course. But yeah. if you if you have those mental capabilities, then it could be expected of you to like apply them uh, on your own, to read books, to gather all that knowledge about taxes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's kind of my standpoint, that it's not necessarily um, the responsibility of universities to teach you that but that they also shouldn't claim that they actually teach that exactly i think that's that's my point i i you know 
when I go to university, uh, when I will go this year, I'm I'm not going there thinking, you know, the university or the professors responsible for, uh, you know, it's responsible that I learn, it's responsible that I go to internships. Like that's not uh, my stance at all. But I think, um, as as you mentioned also that. Uh, universities claiming to do that and claiming to you know for example if you think uh, about computer science right there are um, let's say that's very sorry yeah um sorry if i interrupt (laughs) but let's let's not necessarily say that um university is claiming that but that society kind of a whole accepts it as a truth that you need a university degree to excel in your job or whatever um that okay sure kind of became a basic requirement to get a degree if you look at chemistry for example you won't get a job without a phd (laughs) you're (laughs) you're basically no of course kind of fucked up yeah there are certain um i've got i've got a very good friend who's oh sorry no continue (laughs) please if i may uh like in applied at points still um i've got a very good friend who kind of over the last year programmed his own financial app and put it in the app store and um is kind of living living on on his own already in that sense yeah (laughs) and he actively actually decided against uh, studying uh, computer science or uh, anything in that in that regard and i think and actually at the, at, in the job market he's uh, very <laughs> many people approach him and ask him whether they, he wants to work for them as a, yeah. a software developer <laughs> he uh, told me this morning actually um i think that it's that like a university degree or um the knowledge you get from university is kind of overrated in that sense because you can actually like depending on your field of course um get get a good job or like live of your uh, mental yeah. <laughs> capabilities in that sense sure yeah yeah so sorry for interrupting no no problem i agree so i think i'm not maybe i'm not differentiated enough in, in that aspect i of course there are many industries and many, many domains where you just absolutely need a degree like i have no choice you can't uh you can't say i want to become a surgeon without studying medicine or you know i want to become a lawyer without studying law it's just not possible True. or an engineer nobody or, would let you operate exactly or if you <laughs> to do surgical precision or even procedures on you know even <laughs> physics and all that just many areas and many industries where you only have a chance mm. if you've studied if you have higher education maybe even phd but i think you know for example, computer science, as you mentioned, um, and I talked to a lot of computer science students also in Munich, and um, especially a discussion with one really, um, I really <laughs> remember very uh, very well because uh, I was asking, you know, what do you do? What um, you know, what kind of topics are you covering? Are you learning to program? What kind of languages, etc.? And he was like, you know, if you already know that you want to uh, program and to you want to do I don't know, web development or uh, app development or whatever. If you already know that you want to mainly program, studying computer science is really a waste of time because you learn pretty complicated maths, yes, you learn all kind of that. theories, and <laughs> then you get to the job market and you have absolutely no clue. And he told me um, about you know a lot of friends who were in um, 
who are already more advanced um, studying computer science. So they were already like mm. done with their bachelor's or even master's. And they went on job search and they just basically couldn't find anything <laughs> except for maybe, you know, some <laughs> management roles because they didn't learn how to program. Like a guy like me, for example, or a guy like, you know, uh, that friend of yours who uh, taught himself how to program, you know, apps mm. is way more has way higher chance, chances to actually get a job <laughs> than someone who has a yes. master's in computer science. So I think there are just domains, and especially now, you know, with Google and uh, with all the information being available basically for free on the internet, um, I think university gives you, you know, as I said, a good structure and kind of this opportunity so to socialize and to network. But when it comes to, you know, learning stuff by yourself, there are a lot of free or, you know, very inexpensive options out there uh, for which mm. you don't necessarily have to study yeah, three or five years. Online courses. Yeah, Skillshare, for example. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah, where you can actually, like, get real certificates and stuff. Um, but I, I think that's... I don't know whether you can generalize that because in computer science, it's um like it's a very good example for that case because um like you if you want to be a front-end developer it doesn't help you anything to learn how to code in assembly or <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all those all those weird things on the back on the back end side it studying there only helps you to kind of understand the whole processes going on, on in your computer and how it developed and how um, everything interacts and that you have a basic idea of um, everything and that you also have the logical thinking of um, getting yeah kind of getting yourself kind of into other programs other programming languages yeah. um, therefore I think it's much more about coming up with your own ideas later rather than um, yeah designing websites because that you can well let's not <laughs> make it seem too easy but um yeah if you specialize on that then um you can get there much earlier if you really know where you want to get definitely i guess but i don't know whether you can um, generalize it that much then no of course not but i think there are just um many industries and especially now with kind of you know, the IT industry in general, uh, growing like crazy, like exponentially, especially <laughs> in the next few years. I think yeah. there's just a lot of opportunity for people. And, you know, I've also been, uh, lately I've been a lot of, uh, on LinkedIn and kind of, you know, networking with mm. people and yeah, the kind of IT department. <laughs> I saw that <laughs> Yasin has 90 <laughs> new connections or something. Yeah, and yeah, I was talking to a few yeah. of them and, you know, many of them studied law or management or economics or finance or uh, there were even some doctors uh, who just said, you know, I just taught myself how to program and now I make just as much or even double um, the salary I made uh, at my, I don't know, management job or whatever. And mm. it's very interesting how there are so many, I think at least the people I saw on LinkedIn, like 90% of them are self-taught, come from a completely different industry, have studied something completely different, maybe even have a PhD and just decide, you know what, <laughs> I'm going to go into IT because that's the future. So I think IT, especially <laughs> IT, is a very good example of a domain that doesn't necessarily require 
a computer science degree or any degree at all really mm. and it's also you know if you think about it if you know you have a let's say you are CEO of an IT um, firm and you want to you know what you want to find a front-end developer or an app developer or whatever and there's someone for example, who study computer science, who has a bachelor's, a bachelor's mm. degree, uh, has you know perfect grades, A pluses <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> and yeah. but he doesn't have any or hardly any practical experience. He doesn't know how to code. He doesn't know how to actually implement well, the stuff. Well, I, I I don't know whether that's true. I don't think that you can get through computer science studies without no, learning of course. how to code. No, you learn. Of course, you learn the basics. Let's say you, you don't have Java and C++ that much or something. experience in. Uh, let Let's say you don't have that much experience, like applying your knowledge. Sure. No, but my point is. Afterwards, but yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, those people will be quite expensive <laughs> and maybe not as good as the self-taught people. Exactly. And imagine, you know, he studied for three years, has his degree, has perfect grades, whatever. But there comes someone who decided not to study, you know, after A-levels, for example, he taught himself how to program, which takes maybe six, mm. seven, eight months, depends on how much time you put into it. And actually... <laughs> Are you talking about yourself? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. No, but actually, you know, had internships and worked at firms. And, you know, by the time the other one graduates, he mm. already has two and a half years of actual practical experience and maybe isn't even yes, a junior developer anymore he's already a mid-level or maybe even senior de developer at that point so i mean mm. for me as an it ceo i it would be clear who i'm gonna give you know <laughs> i'm gonna give the job sure sure but i i think it comes down to survivorship bias because you have to be really good at teaching yourself yeah and sure. i don't think that it's um like a, an approach that's useful for everyone uh because like survivorship bias like all the stories you um told me about people who succeeded there those are the people who got lucky basically true like <laughs> yeah yeah for um, yeah if you want me to explain survivorship bias for the viewers yeah, quickly. sure go ahead uh, for the listeners sorry like um it basically comes from world war Two, where um i think it was the britons who wanted to like armor their planes more so de they decided to look on the returning planes where they had like um, most bullet impacts and as planes couldn't get too heavy they couldn't armor like the whole plane just specific parts where with metal shielding and stuff and like their basic approach was uh, first of all to like cover the spots where most bullet holes were present but one guy like figured out wait a second that's so dumb what we're doing there <laughs> because those those spots where the bullets hit and where the planes return they aren't vital to the plane at all it's rather the spots where there are no bullet hole holes at all that are important because um all the planes that get hit there they don't return and that's kind of the survivorship bias aspect because um, if like very successful people talk about their strategies, then they were then they are already established in the business, and like all the other people are uh, that m maybe um, use the same principles, could have uh, already failed in that way. Yeah. So usually, it's much more useful to ask people why they fail because you can learn much. Um, 
more of them. Yeah. And maybe it's like that also for like studying uh, or for like teaching yourself how to program. You have to be good and you have to like have a lot of willpower and discipline to pull through two and a half years and to teach you all of that because I know how much you're struggling, for example, (laughs) (laughs) Um, from time to time. And that's um, not something that's useful for everyone out there. Not everyone will succeed with that approach. Yeah, that's true. And of course, that's where maybe studying comes in. Yeah, as I said, university, you know, gives you a great structure and, you know, you have support, you have the professors, you have, I don't know, you have other uh, Well, that's, I I would not sign that. No? Okay. (laughs) Too much. It's, you're quite, at least for me, it's like you're quite on your own. And that's like another problem I notice at the moment. Like many of the professors are like just dumping out material videos like once a week Mm -hmm. and say watch it until then and then and yeah you're quite on your own from that point onwards <laughs> yeah so just go ahead learn it you will be fine the exams tomorrow <laughs> no. yes. oh, yeah man. yeah i like also the exercises <laughs> they are so extraordinarily difficult i mean you <laughs> i remember the time where we said like four people which are not done like four people of us sitting at the um first task of an exercise for four hours <laughs> straight and not being able to solve oh, it <laughs> sounds like That's... sounds like fun <laughs> yes yes oh man okay but now yeah, like sorry go on no <laughs> yeah like maybe maybe we can get like into a bit into what homeschooling at the moment or like also in the future should like be like maybe yeah or like what the problems are at the moment still sure i, I think uh, then maybe we should start what you know what we think the main problems are of regular schooling pre-corona yes. or maybe i mean they kind of overlap yeah sure i think I think what we already talked about is kind of, or what I strongly believe in is that schools should, and I hope, I hope, you know, they kind of learned the lesson now, uh, should focus way more on practical experiences and on actually, you know, as you said, in universities, even more extreme, but even in high school, it's in many, in many cases and with many teachers, it's like they just dump all this stuff onto you and you know they just talk and talk and have this monologue and then you're just <laughs> you just sit there and have written like three mm. pages and ask yourself well what have i actually learned i you you don't have you can be totally you can be totally drunk and drugged down <laughs> you can just write and <laughs> nobody will even notice because there's no active you know you don't have to be actively involved i think schools should and especially teachers i think that depends on the teaching style sure of course like from 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 my experiences when i was in france it definitely was that way though in germany more or less we had to interact with others with the teachers and that teaching style is kind of pleasant or more pleasant yeah definitely and not every teachers of course as i said are just mm, I think that hardly teachers do that. Quite depends on teachers, then yeah. Yeah, but I think it it would be great to have you know more active involvement of of the students and to kind of you know motivate them and be enthusiastic about actually mm. 
thinking about the stuff you're learning, actually actively trying to find a solution yourself rather than just waiting for the teacher to solve it for you. Of course, it's also, you know, also the students, also we have to do our part in in, in this bargain <laughs> sort of and, yes. you know, be actually interested and actually um, be willing to put in the effort to be more active in our learning and studying and in school. But I think if, um, let's say the whole, I wouldn't say the whole system, but if just this aspect would change more towards being an active interaction uh, between the teacher and the student and the material at hand, I think it would mm -hmm. be way more beneficial for every party involved. What do you think? But um, like, what what do you mean with the practical experience or like more interaction? How how would that look like? For example, do you do you have an example of that? Or because in my experience, it's been that way quite often. Of course, there are some exceptions, <laughs> <laughs> those special teachers that everybody knows. But yeah. um, overall, I was quite fine with the teaching method there with with practical experiences for example what what exactly do you have in mind there? i think yeah, maybe practical experience isn't isn't the right word you can't do an internship in every in every subject yes. you have at school no but it's more about i think um <laughs> religion i'm gonna become a priest <laughs> no it's more about i think for example i've learned you know over this, these past few months sort of learning how to program and stuff is that it's so much more beneficial and so much more effective to for example just read about the basics of the basics to really just have um, a basic outline of what you're learning mm -hmm. um, in in the case of high school provided by the teacher of course she gives you a basic introduction basic outline of what you're going to learn about and then i think just giving them for example just things to solve problems especially in math for example just problems to solve right then yes. let's do this to together and you there's always these two or three guys who know already everything and 99 <laughs> of the people just sit there and, and write it down but have no clue how it works but kind of um focusing yes, on this aspect usually of, it's usually i think it's also quite useful to work on one two or three examples together to get a basic idea how to solve problems like this and then to be on your own or then to work with others sure. together. Oh, sure, it can be, you know, that can organize from, in, that. At least in my experience, especially in maths, it's very beneficial to have a basic idea of how to tackle questions rather than dumping around for four hours no, not knowing any way to break into it. Yeah, th that's why <laughs> I was saying to sort of give them the basic outline already. Maybe even yes. do an example oh, okay. exercise, mm -hmm. you know, how does the basic of the basic work? And then <laughs> just give them the possibility to actively think about the problems and to, you know, mm -hmm. through trial and error kind of try to solve it. For example, yes, I, I think Elon Musk uh, did that. He he actually started a school where <laughs> he he said he doesn't have, you know, different grades or anything just the older people or the older kids help the younger kids and they for example go into a mm -hmm. uh how's it called mechanical shop and uh play around with you know uh with the parts of a car and kind of explain how it works and uh, you know pull it out and experiment with it and yeah, it's just cool, yes. way more effective way more practical and at the same time 
also way more fun rather than just sitting on a chair for eight hours and listening. True. But that's also kind of really dependent on the teacher you have and how motivated they are <laughs> to <course>. pull something <laughs> through like that. And yeah. yeah, it would be like a dream world if you <laughs> if all of us were taught like that. Um, it's just quite difficult to organize and to get the resources yeah. to um, yeah travel each and every day to some mechanical shop <laughs> or whatever. But sure. yes, yes, like that hands-on approach is. Um, really beneficial also in my experience because um, when when i was still in high school um younger i um usually t uh, went to some programs after school where we were taught um i don't know astronomical uh, stuff physics there <laughs> that's also kind of where my interest um came from in physics and the approach there was much much cooler because you didn't need to focus on grades um everything was like a free learning experience there where we also well we where we basically did things like that we went to um how, how is that called to to telescopes like mm -hmm. actual <laughs> telescope and to um that particle collider in switzerland yeah <laughs> that's yeah, and, yes. Yes, and that that's those are the really cool experiences you you can get there and yeah, I definitely agree that this would be an, a quite important part in the sense of yeah let's call it again practical experiences, yeah, yeah definitely, and you know um I noticed also in the previous episodes, I uh sort of seem like someone who is very how how do you call it? uh maybe not not an extreme but maybe a little bit uh not differentiated enough <laughs> black and white the topic yeah um and i also talked uh talked to you about that in in private that i sort of like to do mm -hmm. that um not because not because i'm not you know i i know that the problems and the topics we talk about oftentimes i w are way more complex than uh i i yeah, kind of sure. display them it's But I think it's um, at least for me. I know it's it's way more effective to to first talk at the extremes and then get narrower mm. rather than starting in the nitty gritty yes. and then losing focus on <laughs> what you're actually talking about. So, yeah, just a little disclaimer. <laughs> that's also like kind of the approach we are taking in philosophy. We're like learning. That's like a good learning technique actually to learn in binaries where you have like two very opposite points. And where you can get the advantages of one point and the disadvantages of the other and kind of merge them together in a quite good solution. And that's a good approach usually. Yeah. But um, on, on the other hand, if you like really stand behind <laughs> one of your extreme opinions, then might be might be difficult in yeah, some sure. situations then. Sure, of course. Yeah. Now, another point I think we'll we will quite strongly agree upon is learning more about financial literacy in school in high school in school oof yeah i i wouldn't <laughs> i would not really agree on that actually no? in interesting okay why not i mean okay like in general okay uh, well okay we have to differentiate again <laughs> between higher education 
meaning uh, like in Germany we have like three parallel um, schooling systems where it would was initially intended like um, that after elementary school you're kind of can choose between those three branches one which is kind of preparing you for university one which is um uh, yeah let's say in between the others and the third which is kind of preparing you for your practical work and um yeah that that's basically how it should work nowadays yeah. like everybody is sending their children yeah. <laughs> to the um like pious education if we you can say so because everyone wants to study nowadays which is again another problem yeah. which we don't want to cover here but um <laughs> What what I think is that if you actually like intend on cutting into that higher educational thing, then again you have the mental cap capabilities to learn it on your own to get yourself uh, those books. Um, and if you're not, then it's quite useful to teach um, like all of those children, pupils, um, students how how um like i don't know financial stuff basically works out or um like in that middle school thing we have in germany pupils are actually like also taught how to cook <laughs> which you really miss yeah. out on uh <laughs> in yeah like that high school approach thing uh, yeah schooling system in germany is quite difficult so for every one of our <laughs> viewers um yeah. out there who's not from germany <laughs> yeah that's true don't you don't need to understand it <laughs> yeah i i yeah. agree look I, I agree with the point that you know people who uh go to high school kind of pursue higher education uh have of course the capabilities to teach themselves to read into it and to become financially literate but i think it definitely wouldn't hurt yes. to you know as we already have economics at school mandatory more or less yeah. um we could mm. actually learn you know, about real life finances about you know investing about the stock market you know how it works how you can actually True. invest already well at, we like, learned 16. that <laughs> but yeah really i guess the kind of underlying process of how to go to your bank and how to like open up a bank account and stuff that you're left on your own with that but i also think nowadays it's so much more easier to get into that on your own i mean you have youtube videos yeah, you you have the books you have the internet that's like if you're if you're in, at, um, striving for higher education then at school you should actually in my opinion rather be taught knowledge than education or rather than given education maybe because okay. the education part <laughs> you can strive for on your own let's say maybe that's a bit extreme too i mean basics never hurt I, i'd also agree on that it would have helped me how it's so much uh yeah. back then my financial education and stuff is like also coming from youtube videos and <laughs> yeah, books so far by the way what i forgot to mention in like our intro part i um i think it was yesterday where i made like my uh, first hundred bucks from investing <laughs> oh very that's really nice. cool i like started like in one and in a dividend. half months or so ago no do you mean um, in dividend no like in actual or? like okay corona situation in the market growth ah uh, okay nice yes very cool <laughs> um that's quite that's quite nice i'm quite happy about that i 
then it's playing on there. Um, okay, you, you said that, okay, I, I know it was, you know, a bit extreme, but you said that um, maybe schools should focus more on knowledge rather than education. I know what you mean. As I said, I, I, if you I get it. only in the <laughs> special sense that you're striving for higher education. Yeah, I, I get it. But I think, and <laughs> also the thing I, I stumbled upon is that, you know, knowledge or, you know, information in today's day and age is pretty much useless like you can gain information from absolutely everywhere you have google you have your phone uh, at all times in your pockets you can literally just google any information you want and you know it's for example now a problem with uh, because i i always talk about programming computer science because that's what i'm currently sort of into and what i'm m most informed about but i read a lot of articles about sort of this growth that the IT department is currently uh, experiencing and that a lot of people, especially you know, people have, are self-taught, a lot of problem with them is that they maybe they learn the technologies, maybe they know sort of how to program, but they really lack the ability to solve problems, to think critically because you know gaining the information and absorbing it and you know knowing the syntax of a programming language by heart is great but it's really actually pretty much useless because you you don't need to know for example the is the syntax of a language by heart you don't need um to know you know crazy uh crazy facts about the history of a programming language it's it's pretty much useless. What you need to know is how to think critically, how to solve problems, you know, step by step, how, you know, how the structures in the programming languages actually work, like, you know, if else statements and mm -hmm. switches and functions and all that stuff. And if you know how that works, and if you actually <laughs> understand it, you can basically program in any language you want because the principles are always the same. And once you understand them and can actually apply them, and think critically and solve problems with them that's what actually makes you valuable on the job market not the information you read on google so that's why i think it's sort of problematic to say that schools should focus on more on on information on knowledge rather than education because knowledge information you can gain from basically everywhere and it's pretty much useless if you only have that now information knowledge combined with you know, actual education and actual, um, how, how do I put it, actual knowledge and how the stuff works and how to implement it, that's different. But only information mm. knowledge is pretty much useless, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I, I'd agree on that. Also, like what my point maybe is missing out on is that not everybody has the will of teaching themselves after school like, yeah. how to invest. <laughs> sure. You really have to be motivated in that sense that's where maybe also like a fault in our schooling system lies um yeah and from because for most students it's maybe in, i i i know my past self i wouldn't have read any books <laughs> about that yeah <laughs> or i actually did not read any many many books about that um so yeah kind of kind of forcing um <laughs> upon students in a sense of implementing it in their curriculum, that's that's maybe the more, yeah, the, the better approach for nowadays situation. Sure. But 
um, because like maybe like a um, consequence we can draw of that is you have like a so much larger advantage over all the other people who don't educate themselves out of the schooling system if you like choose this way of educating yourself with books with youtube with the internet you you you'll get ahead of them like so so f much more quicker because they maybe only have the knowledge but not the education yeah and that's kind of where very nicely put <laughs> where much potential is probably lying so Definitely. yeah i guess everyone should have access to that but doesn't have at the moment so those who get force themselves into getting access to education that way they they will exceed the others yeah for sure now i i'd like to ask you you know what's another point now that, that we have you know three points now we talked about financial literacy we talked about being more practical in in the education or the way it's structured what do you think it's a third point okay Okay, like a third point would be digital competence. Let's let's put it like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, as you know, I was um, in like the last two years of high school. I was in like a, on a special school. I actually changed school um, there because they had um, kind of yeah, yeah program. Let's call it a program for talented people for special people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um where we al already like had um insights into university and stuff and we also had like um surfaces like those tablet computer things which we used during class and yeah. where we also had wi-fi and internet connection and in my opinion that at least it helped me out so much because with the internet you have so many more new learning um, approaches you can take you can let students as you said research on their own um, get first-hand experience for of um, gathering their information of uh, self-teaching them too um, you can easily like let one of the students connect their laptop to the or their their pc to the screen <laughs> and yeah. share their insights and what they did draw in real time from from their place all the benefits you all the benefits you get from implementing um digital devices technical devices into teaching i think that's a very uh, huge potential we are like still missing out also in germany because like i think it's still over a third of schools who don't even have wi-fi in germany yeah. and speaking of um technical devices being allowed in school at all that's a whole <laughs> other point because like at the yeah. school where you were and where i were i mean smartphones and stuff were even like banned yeah <laughs> in it, that sense it was pretty yeah it, it was strange because at our school i don't know if remember um a guy <laughs> who was also a class representative multiple times and then school representative you know who i'm oh, talking about yeah yes. that guy and <laughs> one day he came he came back from like a conference about uh, digitalization in high school and he was allowed for i think a week 
or something like that to to actually use his tablet at school to you know to write to take notes to present stuff mm-hmm. and yeah when i heard that i was like man finally i finally something's happening maybe over the next few years yes. it's gonna change but it was very very interesting to see that most teachers were very critical of it i would say 90 percent of teachers <laughs> were very critical and they didn't like it and when they saw him mm. like when they came into class and they saw him with the tablet in his hands they they f- freaked out and they um they were pretty pissed off so i think it's also a oh man yeah, yeah it's 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 hard because i think many pe- teachers kind of prefer the old ways kind of prefer you know pen and paper and mm. keeping everything as it is i think it's problematic yeah i think it's problematic yeah those conservative teachers are quite um problematic in, the, in <laughs> many like aspects i guess concerning teaching um what what but at least from my experience and at my um school where, where i changed to they were so open about all those technical devices and like not even my class where they were explicitly necessary for um like like ha- it was explicitly necessary to have like that technical device which was either sponsored or you had your own um even the normal students could come with their um, pcs to school uh i think all the benefits like writing faster on your keyboard they really overweigh the risks teachers might might be seeking there yeah because okay yeah they're they're kind of the students are kind of sitting behind their pc and you can't see what they're doing <laughs> but with uh, yeah explicit regulation on uh, i don't know um, specific internet sites which are banned you can prevent them from doing anything stupid i guess sure but do you think i mean yes it's it's again like a balance between um are students responsible enough to use it as a actual learning device and not for distracting themselves yeah sure that's (laughs) that's a big point but you know related to that and from my experience i also know that um yeah some students (laughs) don't (laughs) use them in the intended sense for sure but you know related to that do you think that if you know if schools now finally were to implement you know tablets pcs more digitalization in in general do you think there should be a sort of age limit like do you think already uh kids in first grade or fifth grade should already Mm, use tablets no that's not a good idea i think yeah let's say yeah in first grade or like the beginning of elementary school it might be quite useful to get them in contact with um technical devices because for me it was like i got my phone pretty late and i missed out on so many things um or like my first phone i got that really really late in comparison to all the others i think it was seventh eighth eighth grade or something same um (laughs) and i i feel like i missed out on a lot but um for for like teaching elementary um elementary uh school students it is if you're like only relying on specific learning apps then that's that's quite useful but when you approach high school um you know how fifth graders sixth graders are you should not give them like a state-sponsored <laughs> uh, technical device because a they will probably uh destroy it within the first two weeks <laughs> and b they will be up to some 
critical let's say yeah let's say yeah. critical doings <laughs> sure but you know so yeah maybe, maybe there should be an age limit at least in like the german school system until in the last two years of high school that's yeah. or last three years of high school where you can expect that responsibility sure um it's a really good idea i think but um okay you said that for you know from the first to like the fourth grade maybe it would be good for students to kind of have this contact with digital devices but you know i've also spoken to a lot of people about that and uh, many people and i get it like for me to me it's a pretty good argument to say okay it's important for the students to have this digital contact with pcs and to know how they work because the mm. world's just getting but more and more digitalized like they're exactly they they should still learn how to write with pen and paper because uh, it has a lot of bene sure, bene yes. benefits to Definitely. the cognitive function and, um, and they should not especially in that young age they should not lose their connection to the real exactly world, I so i think it would be a pretty hard a pretty difficult problem to solve for for our yeah, you great kind of politicians need to balance that out <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes. Kind of find this balance between using digital devices and getting in contact with them at the same time, um, not having too many dis disadvantages when it comes to, you know, the cognitive functions, still uh, mm. being in the real world and not being too consumed by, by you know, by technology from too young. Yes. Definitely a yes. complicated topic. <laughs> Yeah, and in the sense of the digital competence, we also like have to um, educate and train the teachers more. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> oh my God! This is because such a... yeah, as we said, like the conservative teachers um, or stuff, or like also the the trainings that usually take place are maybe like how do you turn on your computer, <laughs> how do you write in Word, yeah, and not not that much about how to actually apply those um, those possibilities in during class. Exactly. Because that's what actually matters. How to, yeah, how how you use the technical devices and not whether you use them. Yeah, sure. And also, what I think, um, yeah. for example, I, I I don't remember what teacher did that. One, I think I think one teacher once once did that in in twelfth grade or something that we had a pretty, um, let's say intensive lesson when it comes to it. there was just a lot of information a lot of knowledge and she had like a powerpoint presentation prepared and it was like i don't know 70 uh, pages long or something and after you know and she said at the beginning <laughs> um you don't need you don't have to take notes i just want you to be you know active as i said to be active to actually engage with the stuff i'm talking about i want you to have discussions i want to discuss with you the stuff so it stays in your head and i will just send the presentation uh via email i think there was such a great way to to organize that that lesson to sort of you know, because when you, you're focused on, on writing stuff down and remembering it and at the same time the teacher's talking, you have to do like five things at a time. It's just extremely inefficient. And mm. in that case, the teacher had the presentation and was talking about it and there were videos and pictures and she was engaging with us. We were engaging with her. And that way, everybody remembered the stuff way more, understood it way better. And at the end of the day, we still had the stuff in our email inbox and we could 
look at the notes whenever we want it. So, and it's kind of how it works at university, I guess. Although in university, there's also a lot mm. of note taking. I think I don't have any experience <laughs> yet. Well, not at the moment. That's what I'm. What I really like about it, like you get your presentation and you can learn it whenever you want, and yeah, you don't need to write down anything. I think, especially like in philosophy, where professors are talking like so much <laughs> about so many things uh, simultaneously it's really hard to take notes um yeah there it's quite useful to have a video and where you can pause it maybe well yeah so in general yes that's a good approach in my opinion yeah the focus on the learning aspect there yes um what maybe like a last point to get into because we are already like at an hour or something yes pretty much exactly recording yeah. time um because uh like a last point that would be uh, like important for me is like the promotion or like yeah how, how we promote talented students <laughs> yeah because right in germany at least it's like or like not even let's say not even talented students let's say interested and talented students because in germany yeah. it's like the school system is focused on how to get everyone on the same level and it really also focuses on the students who are left behind which is a which i don't deny that's a very very important aspect because you don't want to let students fall behind you want everyone to be cared for but in my opinion it also includes like taking care of your talented students who are maybe bored in the classroom who are like sponges who want more information <laughs> yeah. and more education and you know, why is that so important for me because i i think like <laughs> I, I i was or i still am like one of those those people and mm, definitely <laughs> we didn't at least in at my old school we didn't have that many offers for talented and interested students what i usually did i like every wednesday or something or like every weekend even i i <laughs> my parents would or like by train my parents would drive me like to some other school 100 kilometers away where they had like programs for where, where you could learn about let's say astrophysics or stuff yeah if you're interested and that's something that we're missing out on in my opinion definitely yeah it was it's a big point i think as you said there, uh, there are <laughs> i'm stumbling uh, on my words i think there are two big problems uh, when it comes to you know supporting gifted and interested students um, i think one point is as you said is kind of simply the lack of offers and opportunities for for those students especially in schools in smaller towns like our school um but also yes. i think a part is for example when i was at this um summer seminar for also it was called for gifted and interested students and yes. it, in the last day actually the some i don't know some minister politician came over and asked us questions and we could ask him and blah 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 and one interesting question was, you know, um, I think he, he uh, no, we asked, uh, why is it called for gifted 
and interested students? Like why sort of already put a certain stereotype on it? Because mm -hmm. like I think 95% of the people there uh, said, look, yo, even people, there was a girl who actually uh, had an IQ test done by Mensa because she's apparently super extremely gifted and all that stuff. And she was <laughs> like, even her, when she read that it's for interest like for gifted and interested students she was kind of scared to to go there because she thought oh they're gonna be all geniuses mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> nobel prize winners or whatever True. and it's sort of the stigma and i think that's a big problem because when it, you and for me it was the same like i was i was like for gifted and i'm not gifted i'm not i may be interested in a lot of things but i don't yeah like i, I overcame this kind of fear because like the first program i took part in was also um called that way and from my experience it turned out completely the opposite like that yeah. you don't even need to be that gifted you just have to be interested in the topic exactly. you want to learn about and yeah i guess the gifted part become comes in in there because like you can't accept everyone <laughs> you can't take up like yeah sure people but i think maybe, but still yeah. it's i think there are a lot of people who are extremely gifted you know way more mm. gifted than most people that went to that uh <laughs> seminar um and are just you know just maybe lack confidence or um you know don't want to get in that situation where there's a certain mm. stigma socially already put on true and yes. i think that's a big problem you know it's not necessarily the word gifted because you know who cares gifted and interested sure i'm interested i want to go but i think focusing more on the aspect hey we want people who are engaging and interesting and come from different backgrounds and we want to have interesting conversations i think if, if you focus more on that rather than oh you have to be a genius to get in here uh, i think a lot of people are actually very gifted would would take those opportunities yes, and offers definitely. yeah so that's a big, mm. big point yeah i fully agree on that but well yeah we even if it was that way we don't have enough offers of that sort yeah in my opinion definitely because if you have to like drive 100 kilometers every week for them back yeah. that that's a no-go for most parents or for the students even I mean, I, I was quite lucky because my parents were up for that. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, usually, I mean, they'd say, uh, are you crazy? <laughs> like if you're not living in America where that's a usual thing to drive 500 yeah. kilometers to just <laughs> go on a weekend vacation. But um, yeah, and that's another thing. Maybe in other schooling systems or this, I think in America, in the universities, people are quite engaged in um doing stuff apart from the studies sports for example yeah. is quite important there um yeah yeah so i think we're, we're kind of still missing out on that in germany yeah yeah definitely i think it would be very beneficial and also if the programs would be a little bit more diverse because for example the way in which sense i think I'm not talking about skin color or anything. <laughs> it's not what I'm talking <laughs> about. I think in in just the well that too, but yeah, of course. In um, in the another area, I guess. Yeah, in the domains they're offering, for example, I think a majority is focused on science, like physics, uh, chemics, and all that stuff, and mass. And you know, there are many times there are 
uh, like for example the physics department there are like just five different offers five different schools or programs you can get into for example when it comes to literature or music or whatever it's maybe one mm. and that one is because so many people want to go there it's very hard to get into and most of the people want to get there can actually go there so i think that's an, that's also in part because it's also probably a a social thing now i'm not blaming society or anything but i think it's true for most people that um if someone would tell you for example i study physics and another person tells you oh i'm a musician most people already have an idea in mind who's smarter and who's more gifted and true. it may be true i mean it <laughs> it may be true maybe even in most cases but i think having offers for all people you know when it's about when we're talking about gifted and interested uh, there should be offers for people gifted in different areas and interested in different areas and yes. not just so much focused on science although you know it's great and uh, i'm not criticizing yeah that's again like we're, we're overrating those we're overrating those university degrees and yeah and sure. society i guess because what we're actually really lacking at the moment is not i don't know uh let's say uh, yeah okay physics students are kind of important but what we're actually <laughs> lacking is like the people who who are um building your furniture who are um <laughs> yeah. plumbers <laughs> because exactly. nobody it's socially not that yeah i don't know accepted <laughs> in comparison yeah. to somebody who studied yeah it's it's yeah. yeah it's a societal thing i i think because for example um there was a guy in in, in my class in 12th grade especially in, in chemics is it chemics yeah um and he was chemistry chemistry chemics oh man my english yeah in chemistry especially you could really see man this 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 guy was and is a genius like he was his and everybody knew it and he i think he even did an iq test and it was like something like one 146 or something like that so it was that in in 12th grade in in chemistry oh you know i had in in, in more it? classes i don't want to say names I necessarily i think so yeah but I, but I think i know him do i i no i think I so i don't know <laughs> we can talk later let's talk about, about it after. that yeah yes. <laughs> and you know he's just you could just see you know his mind was just constantly he was just so fast fast with learning things and uh he didn't he didn't ever prepare for exams and still got somewhat <laughs> decent grades most of the time and he now i think he now wants to become or is a mechanic because that's just what he enjoys and i think people are underestimating how many uh, smart cool. and gifted people actually go into uh, areas that aren't necessarily regarded as being uh domains in which gifted and smart people go for example this girl from mm. the seminar who also was tested by mensa and all that stuff um i think she actually now uh wants to work at like a library and that's just a dream that's what she <laughs> wants to do and she also wrote like awesome. multiple books and all that stuff and she's extremely mm. probably yeah probably the smartest person i know in like just iq when i just think about iq mm. she is she didn't tell me but it was pretty clear that it was in the top like one 
to percentile and <laughs> you know oh, man. and i think there's i i don't understand why there's this stigma of okay you're smart uh you have a high iq you have to study math or physics or chemistry or whatever i mean it's true many smart people go in in those areas mm. but i think it shouldn't be stigmatized to choose whatever you like and whatever you enjoy and whatever you think your talents are and just do that like it's just my my stance <laughs> true true well there's there's i guess another problem with using iq tests as a measure of your intelligence but uh, because there are like several kinds of intelligence yeah. out there yeah um but yeah maybe maybe if you're like actually really smart then you should opt for that which you think of makes your life like most fulfilled let's say yeah and if it's library it's a li if it's the um, becoming a librarian then you are quite smart for choosing that and rejecting university let's say if you are get a fulfilled life by that no definitely nice all right <laughs> i think we filled a bunch of time let's conclude this week's episode i guess yeah what so would you say is are like the some important points we should take what we can somewhat agree on is that um school education should be a little more practical a little more engaging uh, for students also a big aspect is supporting and offering more opportunities for gifted or you know quote unquote gifted or just generally very interested students and especially maybe focusing more on the mm. creative on on the arts um so that there are more opportunities also for those people you know filmmaking and all that stuff and yeah i think that that's the main takeaway for me what do you think we talked about a lot yes <laughs> yes and like if you <laughs> as we you know, as we also notice is like schooling the schooling system is maybe too much about knowledge than actual education so what yeah. you should do right now is grab yourself a book about <laughs> finance <laughs> for yeah. example or like in a, in a specific sense that you you have to educate yourself you have to get your experiences yourself because that way you can not only get an advantage over the others which is also a nice thing but you can get actual education which i think everyone should be kind of striving for exactly very nice point and good way to end this week's episode it has been a pleasure <laughs> as always as always and yes. <laughs> for the listeners out there see you next week until then have a great week and bye bye